Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The first reading from this weekend's reading is taken from the Book of Kings. Now, if you ever get some time on your hands, read the first Book of Kings. You can finish it in one sitting. It's a wonderful book. It's full of adventure, suspense, and yet it's full of solid theology for us. Now, in the first reading, we have Elijah. But once again, we're coming into the middle of a story. And so it's difficult for us to truly understand what's going on right now in that first reading. As I've said many times, in order for us to really appreciate that scripture passage that we just heard, we have to understand the context in which it is all set in. Well, Elijah has this great scene in which he battles with the priests who worship this pagan god named Baal. And so on top of Mount Carmel, Elijah challenges these priests who worship this god named Baal. He tells them, you call upon your god, and if your god responds, then I will believe in your god. Well, these priests, and there's about 400 of them, they pray all morning long, and yet nothing happens. And then they pray all afternoon, and nothing happens. Next, it's Elijah's turn. Elijah, he says one very short and quick prayer, and he calls upon God. And God, our God, Yahweh, responds in a spectacular fashion, proving that our God, Yahweh, is the one true God, and there is no other. Now, as Elijah sees this, Elijah is, you could say, consumed with euphoria as well as zeal. And in doing so, he slays all 400 of these priests that worship the god Baal, thinking that this is what God wanted him to do. It's God's will. Now, in response to this, Queen Jezebel, who is the queen of Israel, her husband is Ahab, who is the king of Israel. Jezebel, she basically believes and worships this god named Baal. In fact, so much so, she's a priestess in this pagan religion. Well, when she hears about what Elijah did as far as slaughtering all those priests, she is furious at what happened. And so she sends her secret police and her best assassins to go out and track down and kill Elijah. And so Elijah now is on the run. Worse yet, he knows he's the only prophet in the entire country. Therefore, no one's going to help him. He has nowhere to hide. And he knows there is very little hope for him. It's only a matter of time before these assassins find him and kill him. And so that right now is the setting as we begin to listen to that first reading. Now we can only imagine the fatigue, the anxiety, the stress that Elijah must have endured. Now with that, 
go back into that first reading. It makes more sense. It says, Elijah went a day's journey into the desert until he came to a broom tree and sat beneath it. He prayed for his death, saying, Lord, this is enough. Take my life. Now, stop right there. At some point in time, maybe in our life, we felt that way ourselves. We felt a sense of hopelessness. Maybe the things that we had planned for many, many years have now gone up in smoke. Or maybe the things that we worked hard for a long, long time have been destroyed. They fell apart. Or suddenly, something unexpected has occurred in our life and it turns our life completely upside down. And we say, Lord, I can't go on anymore. You know, we felt void of any hope, any rescue. We just say to ourselves, you know, I just can't endure this pain anymore. It'll never go away. Lord, can't you just do something? Or Lord, just take my life. Well, I'm sure at some point in time, many of us have felt that way. And so we can identify with Elijah at this time. And see, that's exactly where Elijah is right now. Now, next in the story, it says, An angel touched Elijah and ordered him to eat the hearth cake and drink the jug of water. And then the angel tells Elijah to do it again a second time, to eat the hearth cake and drink the jug of water. Well, now Elijah is strengthened by that food, and he's able to summon the strength to continue to walk again and make his way all the way to Mount Horeb, where the presence of God is. Now, go back into your life again. When you felt like Elijah in this story, in complete despair, ready to give up, see, then God gives us that angel. You know, at the darkest times of our life, I believe God sends us special people that help us, especially during those dark times, to help us kind of get over that hump, help us to see there is a glimmer of hope, that the pain will subside, it won't continue forever, that we will be able to make it out of this. We will be able to recover and succeed. And they can come in many different forms. Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, co-worker, a neighbor, a nurse, or a doctor. But nonetheless, God sends those angels in our life to help us. Now, what does that angel really tell Elijah to do? Yes, to eat the food, so he's strengthened. But most importantly, the angel tells Elijah his destination. He tells him, you have to go to Mount Horeb. God is there waiting for you. Now, without that food, Elijah would not be able to go or continue on in his journey. And worse yet, he wouldn't be able to reach his destination which is being in the presence of God for all of eternity. Now, we all know how important food is in our life. Without it, we die. Science tells us, you know, we can only last three or four days without food, and then our body begins to shut down. Our bodies need food on a regular basis to prosper, for our organs to function, our cells to grow, our immune system to work properly. We also know that if we skip a meal here or there, we feel run down, fatigued. And so food is critical for our survival. Well, now that's a great segue into the gospel. 
Jesus tells us he is both nourishment and the destination for us all. Go back to that first reading. Elijah needed both. He needed nourishment from that angel, but also he needed to know his destination and where to go. Well, Jesus is just that for us. Nourishment to give us the spiritual strength to persevere, especially during the struggles that we have in life, but also the hope of our destination that awaits us all in heaven. Now, first, nourishment. Jesus truly is the source of spiritual food that we need. Now, remember, don't ever forget, we are all configured for God. We're wired for God. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. And so we have a link to eternity, which is our soul. The point here is our soul needs to be fed on a regular basis or it becomes weak. In some ways, it's like our muscles. Our muscles without food begin to atrophy. Well, so too with our soul. Some, in some ways, our soul atrophies without the spiritual food of Jesus' body and blood on a regular basis. In the gospel, Jesus says, I am the living bread. Now, I know that's hard for us to understand. You know, we go into our kitchen and we see bread and we say, you know, that's not living. That's not alive. You know, it's an inanimate object. But we eat that bread and therefore our bodies break that bread down into proteins and carbohydrates and simple sugars. The key is that during this process, the food assimilates into us, our bodies, our tissues, our muscles, and our organs. See, then we can say, yeah, in some ways it's living bread, as it is related to me. But the Eucharist, it's just the opposite. When we eat the Eucharist, it doesn't assimilate into us, no we assimilate into it. When we consume the Eucharist, we don't make it come alive. Rather, the body of Christ makes us come alive. When we consume the Eucharist, we are made into the body of Christ, brought into the life of Christ. You could say we are incorporated into the life of Christ. More to it, the early church fathers referred to the Eucharist as food for the journey. Well, where are we going? The ultimate journey is symbolized in the story of Elijah to heaven. We consume the Eucharist first as nourishment. It gives us the help, the grace, the hope, the strength to continue to walk the journey of life, especially when it's challenging, when we feel like we're ready to give up, when we say, you know, Lord, just take me. But what's important is what the angel says to Elijah. The angel says, get up and eat or your journey will be too long for you. Well, if Elijah didn't get up and eat, he never would have made his destination, which is being in the presence of God for all of eternity. Well, the same thing holds true with us. If we don't eat the body of Christ on a regular basis, chances are we will not come to our final destination, which is heaven. Well, we have to allow those words to resonate deep within us. Just as important, the Eucharist, yes, is our destination. Elijah, after strengthened by that food, he reached his destination, Mount Horeb. Now he was in the presence of God for all of eternity. Well, the Eucharist reminds us of our goal, 
and helps us make our way to our final destination. Thomas Aquinas always referred to the Eucharist as the Panis Angelicus, the bread of the angels. It's something that only the angels eat in heaven. We often always remember the Eucharist is something not of this world. It's from the world of heaven. And so at Mass, after the consecration, we look upon the altar and we see the Eucharist. We see the means to continue on living our life and not give up, but better yet, we see the goal. We're all journeying too. We look upon that altar and we see the Eucharist, which is the window to heaven on earth. And so the body and blood of Jesus Christ truly is that bread that has come down from heaven, embodied by Christ, as Jesus tells us in the gospel. The Eucharist, it gives us the strength to continue to walk the journey of our faith life. And it motivates us to reach our ultimate destination, which is heaven for all of eternity. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.